Are you looking for your next favorite read? If you crave connection through stories, then this is a podcast for you. Welcome to Lovely Books Podcast. I'm your host, Emmy B, and it's my job to highlight the lovely books that keep you reading and connect you to the world. Hearing personal connection to great stories will bring you something to think about, something to laugh about, and something lovely to read. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Lovely Books Podcast. I am so excited to be back today. And joining me, I have bookstagrammer Courtney Sharp. I'm so glad that she has agreed to join me and talk about one of her favorite books that she read this last year. Courtney, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm always excited to meet and make new friends, um, especially on Bookstagram on Instagram. I came across Courtney's page a couple of months ago, and I could tell right from the beginning that we would have a lot of books that we really enjoyed in common. But one thing that really stood out for me with Courtney is that in all of her posts and all of her engagement, she seems to be a very genuine, very authentic person. And so it's always fun to check in, hear her thoughts on what she's been reading and um, kind of see what kind of feedback she's got. So before we dive into your lovely book pick today, Courtney, why don't you take a minute and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Oh, well, first off, I'd like to say thank you for the kind words. Um, as Emily stated, my name is Courtney Sharp. I run the Bookstagram account at The Sharp Reader. I'm 27. I'm from Nova Scotia, Canada, and I've been running the account for a little over a year. Most people who do follow my page know I'm a huge romance and thriller reader, as well as a huge sports enthusiast. Another fun thing that you might not know about Courtney, but I noticed on a post that she posted a little while ago, is that she can actually sing the alphabet backwards, which funnily is something that I have never been able to do. So um, Courtney, do you think that's something that you might be willing to do for us today? Oh man, I'm rusty. Okay. No, it's been a long time and uh, I usually have a couple more drinks than me. (laughs) (laughs) Z-Y-X-W-V-U. T S R Q P O N M L K J I H G F E D C B A. There we go. (laughs) Well, the book that Courtney picked to discuss today is a book that for me, in terms of reading, has been a long time coming. Um, Today we are discussing the book Firefly Lane by Kristen Hanna that was released in 2008, so 12 years ago. I'm sure many of you have heard, if not read this book. Also, this book kind of found its way into the media recently as Netflix released a 10-episode series in February of 2021. Um, I actually haven't had a chance to watch any of those episodes. I read a little bit about them, it looks like, in terms of television entertainment, they were quite well received, but I personally haven't watched any of the episodes yet. Um, Courtney, have you? No. So I'm not really a TV kind of gal, but if you're somebody who enjoys a book to television adaptation, this might be something that you want to check out. Just a little bit more on Kristen Hanna. I'm an enormous fan of hers. Um, The first book a couple years ago I read was The Nightingale, and I followed that with The Great Alone. And then this past year, I read The Four Winds, which ended up being one of my absolute favorite books from 2021. And then, of course, in preparation for this interview, I read Firefly Lane. Um, Kristen Hanna is an award-winning and best-selling author of more than 20 novels, including the international blockbuster The Nightingale, Winter Garden, Night Road, and Firefly Lane. Kristen is a former lawyer turned writer who lives in the Pacific Northwest with her husband. Her novel Firefly 
Firefly Lane became a runaway bestseller in 2009, a touchstone novel that brought women together, and The Nightingale in 2015 was voted the best book of the year by Amazon, BuzzFeed, iTunes, Library Journal, Paste, The Wall Street Journal, and The Week. Additionally, the novel won the coveted Goodreads and People's Choice Awards. The audiobook of The Nightingale won the audiobook of the year in the fiction category. Her historical fiction is so poignant. It's so emotional. Um, She's not afraid to um, dig deep into very raw emotion. Uh, There's generally a lot of grit in her historical fiction books, but it's never uncomfortable when it gets gritty. And I feel like she's never crass and doesn't take things too far. So it's really great to experience with her a full range of human emotion in all of the books that I've experienced from her, but also know that it stays kind of within the bounds of a comfortable, enjoyable, but heavy and gritty read, if that makes sense. So before I continue gushing about why I love all of her books so very much, why don't you start us off, Courtney, by giving us um, sort of a rundown or a brief synopsis of the story of Firefly Lane. Sure. So I don't want to give too much away as I went in blind and really enjoyed it, but I will say this is the story of Tully and Kate and their friendship extending over three decades. They have their ups and downs, but most importantly, they have each other through it all. And that's, (laughs) bam, that's what it is. Um, It's a story about women. It's a story about friendship. It's a story about connection. Uh, I loved going a little bit deeper with that. I just loved so much that no matter what your age, what stage of life you're in, the different aspects and the different time periods in the story have something to offer, some connection to give to women of all ages, no matter what age and what stage you're at in your life. So Courtney, when you initially started diving into this book, what about it do you feel like was most initially impactful for you? Um, I found that there's, like I said, I'm a huge romance kind of contemporary fiction reader. So I find there's a lot of friendship center books available, but more often than not, they're lighthearted, fluffy, and positive. Whereas in the real world, real friendships aren't like that. <laughs> they no. have the turbulence, um, much like that of Tully and Kate. Um, and then personally, I have an, my own friendship that's still going strong over 20 years, but it's definitely not always rainbows and sunshine. Um, we say the truth while the other may not want to hear it. We depart and travel for selfish gain. And sometimes we don't talk at all. But in the end, there's still the first person I call when I need advice, a laugh or just a shoulder to cry on. And that's why I loved Firefly Lane so much. So this is a story that you've really got dialed in in terms of reflecting in a relationship that you have in your own life. Yeah, yeah. So you- like day two of school to like now at 27 years old. So. Yeah, it's interesting. These friendships that we form in these younger years, in our adolescent years, they're relationships that we're making when we don't really know as a person individually who we are, but these are the people who really come to be the ones who know us deep down, who really know deep inside ourselves who we are. I agree. So our two besties that we have in this book, they're not very similar with each other. They are actually quite polar opposites. And, you know, maybe that's part of what makes their friendship work. But as you were reading this book and and looking at these two lives, um, the lives of Kate and the life of Tully, um, or the life of Kate and the life of Tully, did you see yourself reflected uh, more so in one or the other of these two characters? Yeah, so I would say... <laughs> 
I feel bad saying this because most reviews that I've seen, everyone hates Tully. But personally, I think she's the one I'm most connected with. So I don't know what this says about me. But uh, in my own life, um, much like Tully, I was I have been the one to leave, whether it be as a friend, a partner, a daughter. I've traveled across country for school as well as out of the country for work. But I always come home and everyone knows I'm going to come home. So much yeah. like Tully did for, for Kate. You know, early in this relationship, I feel like we see these these two young girls who want so desperately to have a friend, and they do try and mold their lives close to each other, and one of them is a little bit more of a free spirit, and even though she's free, and even though she wants to kind of set her own destiny, she doesn't want to go about it alone, and we see this relationship sort of morph and change as these girls cling to each other um, for support, for love, um, for direction until they kind of hit their mid-30s. And then, well, even in their 20s, their lives kind of start to take a turn and they start to go their own ways. So at, at any point in this story, did you see the path that your life has taken um, kind of follow that same swing where you don't always want the same things and you don't always want the same things as your friends. I do. I mean, I'm not quite 30 yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I definitely saw myself in their younger days. Um, but again, I connected with both of them, which I thought was pretty cool. And like in the younger days, I was definitely the Kate. I was the outcast. I was flying around the neighborhood on my bike as well, you know. Um, and I had the small social circles like Kate clinging on to Tully but then as an adult now I'm more of the Tully I'm the career driven I'm the you know the go-getter so I think that's pretty cool that they did both decades or all the decades of their friendship have you personally seen kind of a similar experience in your own friendship where maybe you and your best friend started out wanting the same things and then as you've grown older that's shifted oh 100 <laughs> percent. yeah yeah I think sometimes we're looking more for somebody who mirrors us and sometimes more for somebody who balances us. Yeah. And I think like as the kids, we were probably, when we first met, we were probably the same, had the same Mm -hmm. interests and that's why, you know, we clung, but now as, you know, adults, we're definitely not, but that's what keeps us together. It's where the balance. So we often see in the story with Kate and Tully, you know, they, they grew up, they went to school together. They both lived in Kate's home um, for the majority of their adolescence. They went to the same college. But on one side, you've got Kate, who's a little bit of a bitter peacemaker. And on the other side, you've got Tully, and she's quite a bull in a china shop. And there's a point in the story when Kate's mom has to kind of sit her down and remind her that, you know, remember just because you guys grew up together doesn't mean that you shared the same life experience. There are a lot of things that Tully went through and a lot of things that she suffered that you didn't have to. And I think that's kind of a watershed moment for Kate because she realizes in that moment that Tully didn't have the same experiences that she did, um, that she didn't have to go through a lot of the same things that Tully did. And that awareness, I think, is a really big epiphany for her that we can all kind of take something away from. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So in these friend relationships, we do, I think, maybe need someone who is willing to tell us the experience that isn't the one that we're having, who can maybe be that 
sort of Jiminy Cricket on our shoulder, that devil's advocate who is willing to tell us um, when we're being crazy, when we're out of line, when we're doing all of these things. So in your experience with this friend that you've had for so long, is that something that you have seen happen with the two of you? Yeah. So where I currently, we're planning my wedding together right now for the fall. So there has been lots of, (laughs) right? Oh, well, yay. Congratulations. Don't be bridezilla. She's, she's keeping my head level for sure. (laughs) That's great. Um, let's talk for a second about the mother-daughter relationships, you know, there's kind of a heartbreaking moment in this book because Kate's mom has kind of stepped in and been the mother figure in both of their lives for so long. But there comes a point in the story where Kate's mom looks at Tully and says to her, you know, Tully, I have loved you like a daughter. And that like a daughter aspect really hurts her. So in terms of like the weight of this mother-daughter relationship, does it seem to you like in life, we really need our biological mother? Um, or is there just a mother figure that that we need to have there nurturing us and supporting us? Does that biology really matter? What do you think? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm fortunate enough, most people in Books Room know I'm fortunate enough to have a great relationship with my mom. She's like mm-hmm. my other best friend. We share all the books, but I know she would open her door for any and all of my friends and has. And I think that means just as much, if not more, to some people. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think genetics. I think it's just whoever is there, whoever you can turn to or know you can turn to in your time of need. I think that's all that matters. Yeah. I agree. And I love that you said that because I think that is one of um, the greatest lessons that Kate learns in this book is that your family is made up the of the people you love and who love you. And it doesn't matter where Tilly goes or how long she's gone. When she comes in air quotes home, Kate is ready to have her. You know, it seems throughout all of this that Tilly can never really let herself believe that she is loved and permanently loved and unconditionally loved. Um, she can't, she can't really accept that. She doesn't really see that. Um, and she gets accused of maybe not being able to love. Why, why do you think that is? Yeah, I think we kind of touched on it, but, um, I think she's in her mind, she was hiding behind her career, especially in the older decades. Um, she was trying, you know, she was coming off as she had no time, but really, I think it goes back to that childhood trauma that prevented her from being able to, you know, fully trust people and science and, you know, academia shows that parenting styles and environment play a huge role in how we grow up and to perceive not only our world, but the people in it. And she had an absent mom for the majority of the book. And when she was present, she was, you know, usually under the influence or had random men or the house was Mm -hmm. dirty. Um, So I think that played a huge part of it. But um, in reality, Tully may not have in her mind felt like she could love or be loved, but we've seen in her relationship with Kate and, you know, towards the end of the book, even with um, Kate's daughter and the mother throughout that she was indeed might not be the romantic love that we think of when we read fiction, but she did, she loved her best friend and everyone in her best friend's family. So. So with Tully being more of an unlovable character, do you think that she was a very authentic character? Yeah, I do. I I think 
a lot of people put up walls in reality. Um, and I think that's another part of why I loved this book so much is it was just real. Like a lot of us, and I mean, when I did post my own review, a lot of people said, you know, that's not the books they go to because they read to escape and they read to, you know, go on European adventures or to go into mm-hmm. fantasy worlds. But for me, I like to, I read and to also justify sometimes of my own feelings and, you know, right. the own world. And it's like, wow, this author who I've never met is writing something that I relate to so strongly on page. Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of what I, I enjoy to read. So yeah, I think she was genuine. I love that you mentioned empathy. I think empathy and connection, um, the ability to see ourselves, not just in the good um, of what we see and what we read, but also in the ugly. Um, We have times in our lives where we're just so centered on self-preservation and we just can be so egocentric. But I loved seeing the progression in this book um, as the two girls go from sort of that those adolescent years where they're looking so much for the safety and security of love and family. And then they move into the stage of choice and consequence and learning and seeing what that means. (laughs) And then of course you have, um, you know, reaching the college years where you have this great level of expectation and fear of, of choice making and the consequences. But there are a couple of times in this book where we see, Um, something profound in the questioning of identity. And we're able to ask ourselves, is it okay um, to ask ourselves if we followed our passion? Is it okay if we haven't to change? And is it okay if we haven't to stay the same? You mentioned that you see yourself more as a career-driven person, much like Tully. What what do you do for a living? Uh, I'm a kinesiologist, so I work in a physiotherapy clinic. Yeah. Is that something that you would say you're passionate about? Um, for now, <laughs> it's, it's definitely a, a stepping stone to where I want to go. So what's the dream then? I'd like to do something with sports teams in oh. an ideal world. Yeah. So looking into your future, do you feel like that's something that might change? Or is that career path um, something that you feel like is really dialed into who you are? No, we're pretty, I'm pretty set in my ways. Yeah, I'm going to be the cool aunt. Well, and everybody, everybody wants to have the cool aunt. So I think that's great. And I respect that you are able to make that decision that maybe goes a little bit against um, what the norm in our society is and um, really go after what you love. So I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. So drawing on your own experiences and, and similarities that you find with Tully, do you think that she'll ever be able to recognize the love that she feels from Kate's family and kind of find happiness where she is? I don't know. Um, it's hard to answer. I think if anyone is else is stuck on this question, they should pick up the sequel because I did move on to read okay. uh, Fly Away. Uh And it does kind of explore more so, I mean, the ending is not what anybody wanted, but it goes on to explore her feelings more after that and more of that Um, self-reflection. So yeah, so it's hard to answer without giving away that book. (laughs) Oh, well, I haven't read it. It looks like it's my next Kristen Hannah. So then for those of us reading this book now, um, at the time, not knowing there was a sequel, did this book did the ending of this book give you closure? Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly say, I don't know if I've seen all the final words through the tears that were yeah. <laughs> that were coming, but no, I was very happy with the way that they, what they did that. And I think I would have been 
kind of disappointed if they didn't end it that way because again fiction is usually happy ever afters and yeah you know spin it and I like that they kept it real they kept it raw definitely was there anything else in this novel that really touched you that you wanted to share or anything else that you wanted to share with our listeners no, I will say that I, I know you asked me at the beginning um, if I watched the show and I had said no, and I, I don't plan to. I've heard it's very different and, and that's oh. fine. Um, but I do just want to say that uh, someone from the show had left some not nice comments on my personal re- uh, review of the book um, and just saying that everyone hates Tully. It's all the same reviews. No one has opinions. Um, my clean version of summarize but I just want to say that bookstagram is a hobby I love bookstagram I love I got to connect with people like you Mm -hmm. and be on this wonderful podcast so I just want to say that you know whether you like Tully or don't like her or don't like a book or like a book just be kind especially in the world that we're in now Um, we don't know what everyone's battling and I think that wraps back into what Tully and Kate went through so yeah just final messages just to be kind I love that. And I think that is a big message of this book. Just be kind. Just be a good friend. Be kind and be a good friend. Be supportive of people because you may think that you're having the same experience as the people around you, but chances are that you're probably not. I mean, that's how they, if Kate hadn't extended, you know, her her house or mom or her just being friendly, then we wouldn't have had this beautiful story. So, and it's the same in reality. Well, it's been really fun having you on the show today, Courtney. Do you have any other book recommendations you would like to leave with our listeners if they love this book um, and also enjoy books in this genre? Oh my gosh. So I don't know if you know, but I'm a speed reader. So I can get through like four or five books a week. So I have lots to recommend. (laughs) But um, yeah, anyone can just check out my page. Well, thanks again so much today, Courtney. So much fun. Thank you. And thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of Lovely Books Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please remember to comment, like, subscribe, leave a review, leave a rating. Those really help us out. Also, um, you can follow Lovely Books on our Instagram page and our Facebook page. Please comment on today's episode if you have any thoughts, ideas, opinions, or books that you'd love to hear us talk about. I hope you have a fantastic week reading and we'll join you again in a couple of weeks when we highlight another lovely book.